0: In. This is to the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness <laughs> trends and experience. This is the well and Good podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency.
3: 133 million Americans that we know of are currently living with a chronic illness. I'm director of podcast, Taylor Camille, and today we're in conversation with illness advocate and founder of Chronicon, Nitika Chopra, learning about the space and community she's created for people to navigate their conditions and also come to a better understanding of the importance in advocating for yourself, embracing self-love, and finding home in your body when living with a chronic condition. And speaking of bodies, On site, we're releasing our latest digital issue all about the body in partnership with Nike as we challenge the assumptions made about quote unquote healthy bodies and offer new perspectives for thinking about and caring for our bodies and all that they can do. And this Friday, Nitika is hosting a digital and in-person event in Brooklyn, which we've linked in the show notes for you to check out and you'll hear more on that from her.
0: My name is Nitika Chopra. I am the founder of Chronicon and I'm a chronic illness advocate, a talk show host, and yeah, I've been doing content creation and media for like the last
3: 13 years now. So I'm so excited to be with you today. Amazing. So happy to have you. And as you mentioned, you've been an advocate for chronic illness awareness, but also self love. And I just wanted to see if you could share, you know, your journey and what led you to become such a passionate and like leading voice in the space.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like we all teach what we need to learn. So (laughs) I definitely learned about self-love and, you know, how to really advocate for yourself when you're living with a chronic condition and just like the ups and downs of that through my own journey. I was diagnosed with my first chronic condition at the age of 10, and that was psoriasis. And um, then I got psoriatic arthritis at the age of 19. And those conditions really like just ruled my life. For I would say like the first 17 years that I had them, um, I was covered from head to toe with psoriasis and it was a very, people don't always think about this when they think of the skin condition psoriasis or other skin conditions, but it was a very um, active condition. It was uh, constantly needing my attention. It was very uncomfortable. And then on top of that, you know, whenever I would meet someone, it's like my wounds were all kind of there for them to see. So it was very obvious it was a visible illness. Um, So yeah, so that really led me to like, as I was navigating that, I was just like constantly looking for a deeper meaning, constantly looking for, you know, why am I going through this? What is this about? What am I supposed to learn here? I definitely, I got sick pretty young. So I did have lots of those years where I also felt just like a victim to it all. I felt really negative. Yeah. Like it wasn't always like super positive. Um, And I think that's really important because I know people out there that are struggling that it's just, it's so overwhelming. It can be really hard to see anything but the pain. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know, something in me, I kind of just at the age, like around 20 or so, I kind of had this moment where I was like, okay, I get that this is really hard, but something in me also understood that I had a choice with like how I was going to deal with it, you know? So maybe I couldn't Mm -hmm. change everything about my health in that moment or the pain that I was in, but I could try to work on my mindset. Like that was something that wasn't being controlled by my condition. Yeah. And so I really worked on that for many years. And then I started to feel encouraged and inspired to share that with others.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And as you share with others, community was born, I feel like. So I would love if you could talk about, you know, the importance of the community you've cultivated and to share with us, you know, how that community has evolved into Chronicon, which is the event that's coming up.
0: Yeah, well you know, community is such a it's it's such a like buzzword in so many ways these days, you sure. know. Everyone's talking about community. Yeah. Everyone's like we all need community. <laughs> but like, you know, it's something that I've had and been cultivating for a really, really long time. I've been living in New York for 20 plus years now and I've been doing live events ever. It was the first thing I ever did for my company was a live event. It was like eight girlfriends and I, and we did vision boards and like, you know, but that's community, right? It's like just having those people who had the same shared value, like we all wanted to get together. We all wanted to support each other and what our visions were. We all wanted to like cheer each other on, right? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And I feel like a lot of times people these days (laughs) try to make it a little bit more complicated than it has to be. Um, And so, yeah, I've been cultivating community my whole, whole life and especially through my career. But I will say that I never had community around my health. It was always something, there Mm are a lot of wellness, you know, conversations, obviously we're on Well and Good podcast right now, which is like one of the biggest wellness conversations. But it's, it's never, it was never tailored towards like, oh, I have a chronic condition. And how is that Mm -hmm. so specifically and uniquely, you know, really dictating so much of my life? And how is that Mm -hmm. really um, incorporated in every single thing that I do? Like, the clothes that I wear, the foods that I eat, the ways that I can meet people you know, for brunch or maybe I can't that day or whatever it might be, all of those different aspects of my life are somehow connected to my health in a really significant way when I have chronic conditions. And that conversation was something I never had with other people. And when I started mm-hmm. talking about it Probably back in like 2018, beginning of 2019, I started sharing a little bit more openly. I was never afraid to share it. I just didn't see anybody else talking about it, so mm-hmm. um, you know, I kind of kept it more private. And when I started talking about it more and more, I would all of a sudden I'd be at an event or I'd be speaking somewhere, and I'd be like, oh. Like this, this person has that thing or, you know, they have MS or they have endo or, the, you know, endometriosis or whatever it might be. And all of a sudden we were in this shared world together, you know, mm-hmm. and it took a little bit of, you know, pushing past a lot of discomfort to be the one to be like, we're going to start talking about this in a really big way. Yeah. Um yeah. Because. We're not inside of systems that are created for us to talk about these things in the way that I know we need to be. But yeah, it was really around that time. And then, yeah, I launched Chronicon, my company, in 2019. And the first event that we had was like before the pandemic happened. And it was like a totally different time. And we sold out like weeks before the event. We had thousands of people live stream around the world. Like it was. Like just, it was like all of our weddings. (laughs) It was just so exciting. And like also designed to be really beautiful and really empowering and like really a celebration of all that we are.
3: Celebratory.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's very different than like most, you know, conventions or conferences that are about your health. It's usually pretty sterile. Um, it can be kind of depressing, honestly, and like mm-hmm. all of those things. Mm-hmm. But Chronicon's just really been built to be quite the opposite of that. Um, and yeah, now we have our own app uh which has like a thriving community with folks around the world. And then we have a in-person event happening, which you can also stream from anywhere. But um yeah, we have an amazing event happening finally since the pandemic. This is our first one. And it's happening on May 19th in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. So
3: I'm really excited about it. Amazing. Yeah, it is exciting. And I think what's great is, as you mentioned, it's celebratory. And sometimes when you talk about your health, it can be so negative. The questions that you get can be like, are you suffering? And it's like, no, I'm not suffering. I'm figuring it out um, one day at a time and you know, with people who can also help and support me in, in that journey. Um, so I wondered how, how have you learned to navigate interactions with people who either may not believe that you have a chronic illness or an invisible illness um, and might challenge or question you? How have you learned to navigate um, those sticky situations. Yeah, you know,
0: I, uh, I can feel that question in my whole body <laughs> because <laughs> I not only feel like really because I not only feel it for me, I also feel like I can see people in our community who have shared, you know, that they have not been believed by their family members or their doctors, and just I just know how just incredibly disorienting. That is. Mm -hmm. So I know for me, like, I still have people that I know that, you know, when I say, Oh, can we take an Uber? Because I I actually can't walk like that one and a half miles to the next thing that you want to do, that they will question me about it. And Mm -hmm. they'll just be like, Wait, what Mm -hmm. do you mean? Like, it's not that far. And I'm just like, Not that you need to know, but I already worked out for an hour today and my muscles are not feeling great and my bones are feeling tender and I just need to take an Uber. Like it's not a big, you know what I mean? So it's challenging. And I think the blessing in that challenge for me has been, it has made me go deeper and deeper and deeper into my own knowing, my own strength, Mm -hmm. my own, I'm a very spiritual person. So, you know, my own center, my own core, for me, it's like my own faith, you know, of just like believing in me. It has made me do that. And so sometimes I, you know, thank God for the people who have questioned me and have, you know, put me in a position to feel small because I have to, I have to fight through that, you know? And sometimes I don't, I mean, there've been times in my life where I haven't had the energy to fight through it, and that's really, really real and it, it can knock you down. But I think over the years, you know, I'm going to be 42 soon. So it's like I've had chronic illness longer than I've not in my life, you know, and um, the last, you know, 32 years. And so, yeah, it's it's definitely shaped me and had me be just so much more clear about who I am and what my values are. It also helps me with boundaries, which I know is another buzzword, but it's real like it definitely helps me to know if i'm interacting with someone who's constantly questioning me who's constantly making me feel small there's even been doctors where i'm just like you know what i don't i don't get the sense that you are hearing me at all so i don't need to fight this fight like i'm actually all yeah. good like i'm going to go and yeah. listen like not everybody has the economic means. Not everybody has like even just the physical means. There's some people who are living in areas where there aren't as many doctors that are accessible to them for the things that they need. There's lots of complications and reasons why this is hard to do. But I've pushed through that a little bit more, I would say, over the years and just said, okay, Mm -hmm. it might take me an extra six months. It might take me a little bit of extra money or effort that I really don't feel like I have right now but I'm going to do it because I know in the long run, it'll help. So yeah, I mean, in terms of what I do when people don't believe me and when people question me, it stings. And then I get back up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep going inward. I'm going to keep remembering who the flip I am. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and just, I'm, I'm not going to let them define me. Because they don't actually get to have that right and that power over me, you know, but it's, it takes work to get there.
3: Yeah, absolutely. As you were sharing that, I thought of a moment where I had a doctor that I truly called WebMD because her bedside manner was so terrible that I just felt like I could have this consultation with the internet. And, and so, yep. you know, when you're in a place that feels safe and feels like there's actual care and, you hope that you have the means and the like almost wherewithal. Cause once you find a doctor, you're like, I don't want to go find another doctor. Um, oh yeah. The means and ability to, to do that and to find actual help that fits, <laughs> fits your needs. Yeah. It's, it's exhausting. And yeah. I mean, I think that's why,
0: you know, conversations like this are so important and It's so important for us to like all come together because You know, it's not just about like oh, Chronicon is a company, or even like Well and Good is a you know media company. It's not about that. It's so much bigger than that. But like, we all have Mm -hmm. to show up for it. You know, when there is stuff being offered, when there is stuff happening, it's like we all have to really let people know that like we're we're not a we're not a niche market, which I think is also another thing that is important to point out. You know, people talk about the chronically ill, like where, you know, some small market over there in the corner. And I'm just like, no, there's over 133 million Americans that we know of that are currently living with a chronic illness. Like, There is nothing small about this population at all. And so, yeah, I think the fact that, you know, we have to kind of be the ones, right? It's like when you want to have that change and you want to really change something from a systemic level. Right. It is. It's like Mm -hmm. the people who are being most harmed by those systems are often the ones that have to be the ones to stand up and say like, okay, this is why this is not working. And this is what we need to have be different. And yeah, that can be
3: really, that can be hard. Yeah. It can be really tricky. I wanted to backtrack a little and get your definition of chronic illness or invisible illness as you've defined for yourself or for the people who consume your work. Yeah. So I always
0: refer to the National Health Council's definition of a chronic Mm -hmm. illness, which is anything that has persistent symptoms for three months or longer. Mm -hmm. And one of the most interesting parts about me starting Chronicon and doing this work over the last several years has been how many people I've had conversations with that have been like, oh, I have a chronic illness then. Like after I say mm. that, they're kind of surprised that they yeah. have a chronic illness. And it's, it's been so <laughs> fascinating for me because, right? Because well, one, it's like, what kind of a system are we in that we are sort of told you just need to buck up and like keep going, even if you are maybe living with PCOS or you have severe asthma or whatever it might be? It's like, okay, right. what kind of system are we in that like, that's our mentality? Oh, it's not that bad, you know, and you just need to keep going. That's one part of it, but it's been really interesting because um one like this is a population that a lot of people or like a club that a lot of people don't necessarily want to be a part of, right? And like <laughs> yeah. there's this nuance, right, of like not over identifying with it, I think is really important, mm-hmm. which I've definitely had to work through of like how do I have something in my life that really you know, sort of guides me and like, is the thing that I have to look to with everything that I do, but also not make it my identity at the same time. Like it's a really delicate balance, but yeah, I think that's probably been one of the most interesting things is when I say that definition, people will be like, oh, I I didn't even realize I had a chronic condition. And yeah, Yeah. a lot of us do, (laughs) you know, and it's, it's, yeah, it's more common than we think.
3: Yeah. I think you make a great point of how do you not overly identify with something that obviously does have such an impact on your day to day. I think something you also emphasize a lot online is the importance of self-care in managing your chronic illness, but also just like self-care is important, whether you have a chronic illness or not. But could you share some of your favorite self-care practices um, and how they helped you? Yeah. You know, the one
0: that comes to mind first is sort of what got me into the industry of like content creation and stuff so many years ago, which is beauty, honestly. And I know Mm -hmm. Well and Good is like super into beauty and skincare. Um, (laughs) It was a really spiritual experience for me to start being into beauty and skincare because One, it can seem to you know a lot of people like this frivolous thing that's just like topical, literally, right? And in some ways, it can be like, sure, it can be an outlet for you know things to be light and fun and not take things too seriously, that's fine. But for me, I always felt like I wasn't included in beauty conversations because I had psoriasis so severely that like my skincare was really just like a means to an end, like, it wasn't you know, luxurious or, you know, anything that like evoked an emotion of any kind or anything like that. So after Mm -hmm. many years of realizing that, um, I don't know, I just got introduced to skincare like in my early 20s and I started experimenting with like oils and creams and things that were more natural. And sometimes it's about like the product and the result, but a lot of times it's more about the experience of connecting with myself. And Mm -hmm. so many times, like one of my favorite times of the day is when I'm washing my face at night and I'm trying out all these different products or I'm like, you know, trying a new cream or a new lip thing or whatever. And I'm just like looking at myself and not in a vain Mm -hmm. way. I'm just like being with myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's nothing else. I can't really like Scroll TikTok while I'm doing that. I can't really like be on the gram while I'm doing that. I really just have to like be present with myself. So Mm -hmm. for me, skincare and beauty has been probably like one of the biggest self-care tools um, from that perspective. And then I will say, like, you know, going back to community, I think finding people who you really know get you on a deep level on a real level, on an unfiltered level, and where you don't have to prove things to them, right? You aren't constantly Mm -hmm. like, but don't you believe me? Like when I say I have to cancel because I'm not feeling great. And then I look fine on the gram the next morning. It's not because I was lying. It's because my condition like is like that. And I just feel different literally every 15 minutes, you know? So like having those people in your pocket is just, it's game changing. And then like harnessing those friendships, like going to dinner, meeting them, checking in on them, like having that kind of a connection, I think is really important. It's something, honestly, I'm probably like one of the things I'm the most proud of with Chronicon is, you know, our app really does that. I I had no idea if it was going to be possible because it's just like you build it and you don't know what will happen. But People in there are meeting from all over the country, all over the world, and they're creating like deep, meaningful, real friendships with people who now really get them. Um, So yeah, I know for myself, having that has been like a game changer. So those are probably like the two biggest things that I would say have really been like my self-care toolkit will be filled with those things always.
3: Yeah. I think something that's also inspiring about Chronicon is that I was talking about this with a friend this weekend is just finding those moments that like exist online, but that you can have this interaction in person is also so great because obviously a lot of us existed online during the pandemic. And sometimes your conditions make it so that online is your only lifeline um, oftentimes, but if you do have the ability to meet in person, it can be so rewarding um, to form those connections and realize you have people that exist (laughs) off the internet. Um, So I will say that's like a great thing. And I wondered also just how, you know, you've learned to kind of manage your health, advocate for others, do all of this work, and what advice you'd have for others who are in a similar situation Taking all of this on, yeah, that's a great question, Taylor. My therapist would be
0: (laughs) would be on the edge of her seat, being like, "Yeah, Nidaka, how are you managing (laughs) all of this?" You know, um, yeah, okay. So I will tell you. I mean, honestly, it's like. It's such a testament to boundaries. And I know that's like another buzzword, but it was our theme for the month of March in the community. And we just dove really deep into boundaries. And I actually like, I kind of consider myself a bit of a boundaries queen because I've always had to be Mm -hmm. with my health. But I did not realize that I needed to create stronger boundaries with my work, um, which mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of. <laughs> so yeah. I've had to reevaluate. and like, yeah, that's why I'm like, my therapist will be listening into this conversation. I wonder <laughs> what I'm gonna say. Send the, send um, to the clip. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll be like, look at your look at your work. Look how well we've done. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, I think what I realized the biggest thing and that I've just kind of been crystallizing more and more, especially with You know, I I had a really challenging 2022 with my health. I actually got a third chronic illness, which is a rare neuromuscular disease, which I haven't talked about that much because it's still something that's so new and I'm still learning a lot about it. Um, but I got it. It was triggered as a result of me getting a really bad case of COVID in 2021. And Mm. um, so I had to reevaluate a lot of things in 2022. I had to have a totally different rhythm to the way that I was working. And I have had to learn that although my heart wants to take on everyone's stuff, my heart wants to be like, come on, like, I'll just sit with you. Like, we'll get through it together. Like, I can love you through it, you know, from a really like honest, genuine place. I have had to really uh, trust that people are brilliant and strong and capable. And mm-hmm. sure, like, creating the container of Chronicon is really helpful because it shows people where they can go and it gives them a, like a touch point. Like, we have connection, we have meetings every week and throughout the week, and we have content every day in there. So it gives them like things to do and put ways to show up, but I can't lift their entire health journey for them. And, right. you know, one, it's, it's, I'm learning, it's sort of arrogant for me to even think that I could, cause like, why would I think mm-hmm. that I'm just figuring out my own health journey. Right.
3: But yeah, it yes, comes from this yeah.
0: place of just really wanting, you know, it, it comes from this place of just like really wanting I don't want anyone to go through the, the suffering yeah. that I went through as a kid, right? And to care on other people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It yeah. comes from a good place, but I've had to really, really restructure. And the wonderful thing is that the people who are in the Chronicon community, who are probably also going to be listening to this because they are so supportive and such huge fans <laughs> of everything that we ever put out. They're just so, so wonderful. Like, they teach me too you know and they show me like we got this like we we can yeah. handle it like thanks for you know leading the way but you don't have to hold it all and um yeah so i think that's probably the biggest thing is like as you want to show up for others and as you're navigating your own health and as you want to advocate and all of these things i mean i remember this even like with the women's march or like the racial uprising happening in 2020 and like so many different things Yes, of course I want to lend my voice. And I had to find my own way. I joined the Resistance Revival Chorus, for example, right, you know, after the 2016 election, we started in 2017, and that was like my way of lending my voice, you know, because I couldn't mm-hmm. go to every march physically, and I couldn't like necessarily walk for, you know, 10 miles like in a specific protest or whatever it might be. But I can sing, mm-hmm. and I can like show yeah. up, and I can share about the causes, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I I just think finding your way, and then like figuring out how do you keep yourself in balance as much as you can, and not like overgive in a way that depletes you. Yeah,
3: I think uh, we touched on this a little bit, but what advice do you have for those uh, advocating or learning how to advocate for themselves when it comes to their physicians and in the medical sense? But then also, as you mentioned, like with friends and then your personal relationships saying like, I need to take an Uber because I'm not going to make the mile and a half. How do you, how have you kind of navigated that on your own and what, yeah, what advice do you have for people who are trying to find that, that voice? Yeah. I mean, there's so many things I could say about this. One thing
0: I will say just to kind of put it in two sections. So specifically for the physicians, when you're going to a new doctor, I've been going to doctors for 32 years and I still get anxious. I still get nervous. I still feel like I forget things. <laughs> I've been like thinking about one question for two weeks, and then I show up at the doctor's appointment, and I totally forget. Everything's so fine. <laughs> I, don't, I know. Everything's fine. I'm like, I don't know why I'm even here. And so everything's totally fine. Um, so I definitely like have been there for sure. And what I realized is a couple of things. So one thing is when I go, especially to a new doctor who like, maybe I'm starting a new treatment or I'm trying something new, I used to bring people with me, like my mom or like a best friend, or I would have like um, a text chain with like two or three of my friends to let them know like, hey, I'm going to this big appointment. Like I'm really nervous. Like, This is why. And just like get that love and that support because you don't really feel that necessarily from a lot of physicians and doctors when you're in there you know, exam room or whatever. So to know that you do have that though in your life, and that's just like a moment in time, I think for my nervous system, it's been incredibly, incredibly supportive and a great way to sort of reprogram my system in the moment. And then I can remember I have these people with me. Um, so that's been a huge thing. I also like, especially the couple weeks leading up to the appointments now, I will have a note in my phone and just like anytime I think of a question or a thought or something, I'll just write it in the notes in my phone. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, not like the perfect, the most perfectly organized thing, but then at least I know I don't have to like stress about remembering stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, like I was just at a new doctor's appointment, a new neurology appointment, and this guy's, he's actually a great doctor, but he's like, definitely like a little bit of a curmudgeon. He's like like a lot older, you know? And so he was kind of like, he wasn't like rushing me, rushing me, but his vibe was kind of like, okay, like, let's make sure we keep going, keep going. And so I said, I have three questions left on my list. Like I need to make sure I get to these three questions. And so I just said that out loud so that he knows, okay, like then he's kind of keeping track to make sure we get to everything. Yeah, so that's those two things specifically are really helpful for appointments. For personal, I would say there's something called spoon theory, which you can google it, Mm -hmm. it's like super popular in chronic illness conversations. A lot of people have heard of it. A woman created it uh, years and years ago, and basically, the idea is that when you have a chronic condition, you have less energy to do certain things that might not necessarily translate or make sense for someone who is quote unquote healthy or able-bodied. So Mm -hmm. for like a quick example, um, you know, let's say like for some reason they use spoons, but it's like each spoon is sort of a unit of energy. So let's say Mm -hmm. an able-bodied person who has no health conditions um, has 10 spoons when they wake up in the morning. A chronically ill person might wake up in the morning and already only have set seven spoons or six mm-hmm. spoons. Sometimes mm-hmm. they might wake up on a day and have like three spoons, right? Right. So for me, I had said, and I actually said this to someone in my family the other day who was questioning me about taking the Uber. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, remember I told you about spoon theory? I don't need you to understand or qualify whether or not I can take the Uber. I just need you to know I have about three spoons left. And if we go to that location, I am going to need six spoons to get there. And I don't have it. Right. And so he stopped talking after I said that, you know, and so it kind of in some ways takes the emotion out of it. I'm just like level set. Like this is, this is what's going on. Right. And I have had to do that with some friends too, um, because they just Mm -hmm. don't comprehend or understand, like, why do you need to, a lot of times it's like around taking an Uber or like taking, you know, like needing help to get somewhere because I have arthritis and now I have a third condition with my muscles. So it's typically the thing that I need help with the most. Um, And I don't have a mobility aid, right? So I'm not in a wheelchair. I don't have a cane. It isn't like so obvious to someone that I am maybe in pain, or I am extremely Mm -hmm. fatigued in a way that like is incredibly uncomfortable. So yeah, I think spoon theory actually has really, really helped with communicating, you know, what is actually happening with my body, especially with people who don't always understand it.
3: Yeah, that's really good one. What are some things that you wish people knew about chronic or invisible illnesses that maybe is not so readily available, especially if they're not in the community. Yeah, I think
0: like the the sort of growth edge, you know, that I'm up against right now is I'm talking about the fact that we have chronic illnesses all the time. Like it's all I talk about. <laughs> but mm. it's also like the thing that I want people to know is that there's literally a feeling that happens in your body, I find, when you say, Oh, I have a chronic illness. It's almost like a deflated feeling. Like, this low vibe, like, Oh my God, that's so terrible. Like I feel so bad for you, whatever the thoughts are. And Mm -hmm. I just kind of want us to flip that. And I, I really want people to know that when people say they have a chronic illness, that means that they are such a freaking badass. (laughs)
2: Like
0: genuinely the amount that we have to organize, that we have to advocate, that we have to be resourceful. We have to be so on top of our physical needs, our bodies in ways that people would be, I think, a bit shocked and maybe slightly horrified if they really understood how much we have to be in tune with things, right? Mm -hmm. And so I want to flip that on its head. I don't want saying, hey, I have three chronic conditions for people to be like, oh, you poor thing. I want it to be like, oh my gosh, like, That must mean you are an exceptional human because you are managing not only the job and all the things that a lot of other people are doing, but you're also managing this incredibly complicated thing with your health multiple times over. That's Mm. what I want people to know when they are talking to someone with a chronic condition. And I just think that that's just not what people think of. You know, they think of pity or feeling bad for someone, or, and I'm I'm not saying that those things aren't real. Empathy is needed for sure. um, And we could always use more of it. But I think it just
3: like is a a bit deeper than that even. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It is deeper than just empathy. And so I wondered, what are you looking forward to for Chronicon in May? What conversations are you excited to have? What do you hope people will take away from it? And also I think, it's maybe it should be stated that it, it's for everyone. Like you don't have to have a chronic illness to feel like you um, need to attend. So yeah. What are you looking forward to? Yeah.
0: So for chronic I am the most looking forward to, to, Oh my God, there's so much. First of all, I'm working with some incredible producers. One of them is a dear friend of mine who does experiences for Disney and she's coming in and literally like tricking out our entire event um, to make sure it is so beautiful. And this is Michael Tara Garver, um, she is just incredible and really passionate about this work as well in this audience. So that's happening. And so the actual yeah. venue, and like it's going to be beautiful and celebratory. I mean, honestly, like the gift bags alone are like bananas. Like, I know. I am big on a good gift bag. You know, gone are the days where we'd go to all those events yeah. and we'd get like so much product and so many gift bags. and like, you know, I'm old school. So I'm just like, if you come to my event, you're getting an epic gift bag. Um. So this bringing gift, that back. Yeah, I'm bringing yeah. it back. I am absolutely. This gift bag has like at least five hundred dollars worth of product in there, if not more. Um. It is just. It's beautiful, and it's actually being hand designed. Like there's art on it that's being designed for the community, which is going to be so beautiful. Um. And then, yeah, I mean the actual content. I haven't even gotten to that part yet. The actual content is going to be so. I hate to use the word inspiring because I know it's like people talk about inspiration porn now these days but it is it's going to be incredibly uplifting it's going to be I would say like energizing that is like the biggest thing it is going to be super energizing so we're having conversations around igniting your inner activist so talking mm. about things like we talked about you know in this conversation of like how do I really ignite that part of me as I'm navigating these things with my health which to your point, anyone could use that conversation, um, and then we're also one of my dear friends, Stacy London, is doing a beautiful fireside chat all about you can't be what you can't see, and so mm-hmm. we're talking about you know the ways in which this conversation is so important, which is why I'm so always so excited to partner with Well and Good and and yeah. work with you guys because having people see us in media see us shining, see us flourishing, see us beautiful, like working on so many amazing things and living these huge lives while we also happen to have these things going on with our body is incredibly important. And Stacey London is such a beautiful example of that with everything she's done with what not to wear and just being a style icon for many years and the activist work she's doing with menopause now too. Absolutely. Um, And then we also have conversations around having the audacity to thrive, you know, like how do you really have the audacity to thrive and like Mm -hmm. are you even allowed to do that when you are living with a chronic illness i think that's the conversation we're going to start the day with um so yeah it's a really it's going to be a powerful 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 day and i'm really excited to have people join us and you can join as i said live stream um or you can join uh in person which is going to be just such an incredible experience
3: On today's show, you heard me in conversation with Nitika Chopra. This episode was scripted, edited, and mastered by our friends at Edit Audio and produced by Jen Snyder, Abby Stone, and myself, Taylor Camille, along with many other hands and brains at Well and Good. As always, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. Our theme music was created by Madeline Lakomsky and Matt DiDomenico, and our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette.